Sports Leader. Duck Vodka, Chad Greenway, former linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings. What's yes. up, Chad? What's up? Se- right. Season opener this week. Season opener this weekend, man. Not uh, not bad for week one. Uh, what do you mean? The crowd. Uh, yeah, it's a nice. it's a nice week one crowd. Well, yeah. Uh, when I, when I, really... I start getting paid on per person, then I'll pay attention to that. <laughs> Overall, the vibe feels good. We're heading into a fun game this weekend. So we got we got you, man. What more could we ask? I see we got a lot of Bloody Marys poured out here. I got I got you got to love. Yeah, them. we so, got a few of those go. going right now. Why not? Right. Well, why wouldn't you want to start your Friday with a little bloody? Yeah. Let's be honest. So when you're a player heading into the season, you're the days before, moments before the start of the season. Is there some real anxiety for the the start of the season? Absolutely. Right. I think week one is always sort of like knock the rust off you come out of preseason you're not yeah. sure where you're at you're not sure mm-hmm. where the team's at and you want to you you want to come out with a you know a good feeling after week one and you want to start one and no i think the biggest thing is that week one game is your first chance to get ahead of the thing and be one and oh right yeah. and and uh the anxiety is going to be real now you look at this game and for all intents and purposes i think this is like you got to go to cincinnati win this game the schedule and um, and not, even if it's ugly, and, it doesn't matter. Like I met a guy in the parking lot before I walked in CG, and he's like thirty four seventeen Vikings. Okay, and I'm like, all right, well, where'd you find the other twenty seven? Yeah, for us <laughs> of what you saw in the preseason. Yeah. Now, I, I was, was thinking being, ten to three. I was being flippant and joking around and having Dalvin with the play action, special JJ and Adam, and I think Conklin's going to step up a little bit more here yeah. than people think. Yeah. The, the, so so the offense. It, I mean, if they if they don't score an offensive touchdown in this game. Oh, geez. That's a freaking oh, disaster. We will. Yeah. That's an absolute that, that, disaster. It, they're coming. I think take the football. Let's go. First drive. We we score. Knock the rust off. Here yep. we go. I like your take. I was listening to your take on Conklin coming in. I think, you know, he showed some things last year in, a, in few light opportunities that mm-hmm. he's very capable. Were you were you with the team when they beat Washington at FedEx and David Morgan scored his first touchdown? Oh, I had to be right. I don't yeah. know. I can't remember the I, years. I can't but see. Just yeah, that I envisioned that kind of play. Yes, inside the five. Yep. Ooh, everybody bit on Dalvin. Ooh, yep. Adam Thielen per charge. Um, Adam Thielen with the the amount of touchdowns he scores inside the five. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the analytics on that is something the league absolutely knows. So he'll get different coverage than he's gotten. And um, Tyler Conklin, it's like, you know, Cincinnati defensive coordinator guys like, who? What happened? Huh? What? And then all of a sudden play action, and here comes Conk with TD number two. <laughs> Let's go. We open up two scores. We're giving him two now. Let's go. go. I like it. No, we open two scores. So oh, okay. Like a 10-3 okay. becomes a 17-3, and he had a count. I just, I just thought he showed some flash where he's got enough He's got enough wiggle to get open. He's a big body. Yeah. You know, can you go post a guy up and, get, and make a catch? And what, again, 
every opportunity, like Thielen, right, he comes in and gets an opportunity, all of a sudden he blows up. We don't know what we have with Conklin. Mm -hmm. Like, he gets out there and, like, he could practice one way, go out into a game and completely blow up. So, like, why not? Why can't it be him? And, and quite honestly, it's going to be a situation where Kirk has to trust him coming off a short offseason and short training camp to yep. come out and run the routes, be where he needs to be, and make the catch. I wish you were 100% healthy. That's my only worry on Conklin yeah. in this yeah. game is that, it, you know. Well, when you've got a bad hammy um, and it's inside the five, there ain't much work. Yeah, ain't much work. <laughs> yeah you just say, yeah. so we. Limp three yards. Yeah, we Marion Flash and uh -huh. Herndon for show. <laughs> we Conklin for dough. It's really come to that, ladies right. and gentlemen. I like it. Uh, there's going to be a, a matchup of players who practiced against each other. We're going to see a lot of Daniil Hunter yep. against Riley Reef in yeah. this game. So, so weird. When you've gone up against each other, Thousands of times in practice, who has an advantage, or, or maybe there isn't one. I mean, you know, just what do you think in that scenario? I think I think in the in the NFL world, every play lives in its own, right? So mm -hmm. I think is there an advantage one way or the other? I mean, they both know each other. They've been against yes. each other, you know, hundreds of times. They each had their fair share of wins, I'm sure. Um, I, you know, I would sort of lean on the fact that physically Daniil's better. Yeah. <laughs> so he I is. would probably lean on that I like that advantage. Now, again, I love my Hawkeye. I love my South Dakota brother, Riley Reef. But yeah. reality is that Daniil's a beast. Daniil's going to be ready to play, and Daniil wants to go out and prove, you know, that last year, the injury, he is a player he was the year before. Yeah. Um, he's worth every dollar and probably then some, which I know he's thinking as well. So. Yeah. Reality is, is there's an opportunity for Daniil to go out and have a splashy, splashy opening weekend, which would be so massive, especially based off our lack of pass rush last year, which and, was the biggest talker, I think, of all year. And, yeah. Right. I mean, 23 sacks, you yeah. know, with, with uh, players who didn't get an offseason and youngsters in the secondary. I mean, it was a disaster that just meshed together yes. with no Daniil. And then kids running around yes. and, and the wrong Chris Jones. KC got the right one. We got the wrong one. I'm like, what's going on with that? Uh, but that's all. That's obviously different this year. I, you know, I would imagine. You know, there hasn't been a lot of um, all 22 deep diving of the Cincinnati Bengals, specifically their front sevens. Why? Well, <laughs> there's no interest. There's no interest okay. at all. Well, hopefully you have interest in this. Uh, them to get a rush, I believe they have to blitz. And I believe they have to blitz a lot. Yeah. And I think that plays right into the hands of Cousins and Jefferson and Thielen. And, you know, uh, off what we've seen in the preseason with basically outside of A.J. Rose Jr. at Arrowhead, no explosive plays. Yep. I think the, the opportunity for a couple of explosives sitting right in front of us because they're going to blitz and, and they're going to be gotten a couple of times. So yeah. we'll see what happens. I think the one thing to think about from an offensive standpoint is because you have young, impressionable Kubiak now running the offense, yeah. are you going to get a more Mike Zimmer offense where, like, this is how I want it done. We're not going to bend the rules. We're not going to take shots. Mm -hmm. We're going to be more conservative. We're going to run the football. Mm. Whereas, you know, Elder Kubiak might be like, no, Mike, we're doing this. <laughs> right, right. You know, I think that's, that's, that's right. going to be a talker as we that's get, a great point. you know, is it become anemic because you have a defensive-minded head coach who's calling the defense, who's playing the game a little differently than maybe yeah. an offensive-minded coach is saying, hey, Andy Reid, we're going to pour it on. We're going to come up with these super fun offensive plays and be be dynamic and go deep early and take a shot. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Mice can be like, hey, let's get three and we'll hold them to zero. <laughs> I, I just think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out yep. with young Kubiak who maybe is not going to be willing to bend the rules in year one when he's, when he's steering the ship. I, I think that's going to be something interesting to watch. It, isn't it interesting, and I read it yesterday, Zimmer, for the first time with Cousins, sat down and watched Bengals' defensive film. And, and he, he told Kirk, because Kirk asked Mike, 
let's watch film together of this Cincinnati defense. Tell me what you see. First time Kirk has asked that. Yep. First time they've done it. Zimmer used to do it a lot with Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. Um, so this, you know, and, and, and Kirk is, is the skill set's more talented than Teddy. I'm just talking about the skill set, not uh, the intangibles and stuff like that. But his arm's better, he's yep. more accurate, yep. stuff like that. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, and it might play into what you said with Kirk being like, hey, Zim, let's get yep. together, let's watch some film. Well, I think what you're going to see is you're going to have a guy who, you know, Kirk, who's been very experienced, more experienced than Kubiak, yeah. right? Yeah, right? He's been out there, he's right. seen it. Like, hey, hey, Zim, like, we're seeing this. Or he goes to Clinton and says, hey, we're seeing this, we can take the top off this defense. Yeah, I yeah. like this route with Jefferson. Yeah. Hey, Clint, wow. he's going to talk to Zim and say, hey, we're taking a shot here on second and four, whatever it is, right? And I yeah. think that's important because you want to get Clint as a play caller. You have to get his confidence going, too. Don't yeah. forget, he's right. coming Amen. the first time, right. goes through preseason, he's taking all this heat from the media saying, hey, we can't score. We haven't scored a touchdown. Like, where's the, where's the explosive play? But that's dumb. He, I agree. Oh, but my the point God. Is, is he's going to put that pressure on himself. Think about yourself and your role or me as a player. Like, you're going to put yourself in that, that position and say, I'm, I'm under pressure to perform and have a really, you know, yeah. gas offense. Well, I know. let's see what happens week one. I, yeah. I like them being aggressive early. I like, let's connect on a deep ball. Let's take some second-level uh, shots with, with the Kirk. And get some confidence in the play caller, the, the offense. I love that. Well, and, and their secondary is a disaster right now. Love with it. Injuries, bad personnel. I mean, <laughs> sounds like they, us they, last year. It does. Perfect. That is what they've got. So, and they drafted a cat. They loved it. Left defensive end. He got hurt. He's out for the year. Yeah. Oh. They got Trey Hendrickson yes. off that Ponzi scheme, 13 and a half sacks. My God, he had six sacks in three years, got thir- four, 13 and a half or whatever last year. Yeah. And, and then he got paid. You know, so yeah. this feels like a four-sack year coming fat up cat. for Hendrickson. Oh, fat cat. The, the, the Bengals had 17 sacks last year, and Hendrickson had like 13 and a half on his own for the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. What a house of cards he is. <laughs> Good luck with that. You're talking about the dynamic between a veteran quarterback and a, and a younger play caller. Uh, an experienced play caller. Did you see last night at the end of the game, Tom Brady shook off a call and just went in the huddle and did his own thing. Yeah. Which I thought was great. Yeah. You know, he's he's sitting there listening to the call and he's looking at the at the offensive coordinator and he goes, Nope. And he and then <laughs> Oh come on. I missed he pulled, that. He did. And this I is like, there's that. twenty seconds left in the game where they're setting up their field goal <laughs> and he basically just threw it out of bounds three times. Wouldn't that be Arians? Wouldn't it be Arians he'd be saying no to? It might have been. I don't well, I don't know left who the play caller is. Oh, that was left, it's left, left with. Yeah, it's left which yeah. is the play call. We got to believe yeah. though, like Tom is yeah. is older older than Leftwich, he right? Is. Or, or same. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. So no, it's wait, like Leftwich. nobody's more experienced than Tom. I mean, right. Come on, it's like no, he's nah. older. Brady's older because Brady came in like two thousand ish. Leftwich, yeah. and the reason I know this because it was a one of those back to back Vikings drafts where for whatever the reason we were late on the freaking pick. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like we're sitting there waiting for Terrell Suggs or Kevin Williams. You know, the field house at Winter Park's going, Sug, 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 Sug. Right. No and, pick. And then Jacksonville ran up yep. and took, fire Leftwich, Leftwich. They're yeah, holding yeah, yeah. It's like right. a stock exchange. <laughs> Leftwich now. Yeah. And they took him, and that was like 02, 03. So. And the field house goes, boo. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then and, well, we took Kevin Williams, who. Uh, it was 03. Was it 03? I feel like it was 03. And then over well, one of the next few years, uh, Mike Tice brought Abbott and I into his office per uh, mother hen, Bob Hagen, and opened, <laughs> opened the, these two doors, and there is the, how the Vikings have it slotted. This is a day before the draft, and we're doing another show at the Fieldhouse with about three or 4,000 people there. 
and it, it had players 1 to 32, how they had them stacked, and he said, we're going to show you this, no Twitter at that time, and no concern about sharing. So here, now sadly, I mean, for, to take it with a grain of cliched salt, we're taking Troy Williamson, <laughs> and I did it because of the combine he had and the speed and everything. I didn't know much about him or whatever, yep. but the bit was P.A., you are not to start a Vilma chant this year because he has, he has a degenerate hip or knee or something, and we're oh not taking him. Oh, my gosh. So I don't, have. Wanna, I don't want to walk out to the stage to some Vilma. Vilma. Right, exactly. With the seventh pick in the whatever draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Troy Williamson, stiff from South Carolina, and then they boo him. Uh, because, man, there was this lady just cursing him out after we didn't take Terrell Sugg. <laughs> and that was the origin of what you hear on KFAN with him going, okay, calm down. Yeah, yeah. That's the origin of that, right? He's looking at this this older lady, just F you and this this and that. and Okay, calm down. Calm down. But you were right. <laughs> well, and also, by the way, Vilma went on to become the NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year yep. that year. Had a great career. Not a super long career. No, because no. Of the, the because thing, of that. Yeah, because uh, of let's that. say we would have taken it, though. <laughs> yeah, we over taken. Troy Williams. Yeah, we yes. would have taken Oh, my God. Rather than that. you know single-handedly ruining you know, yeah. 07 Denver off the <laughs> face mask bit. Yeah. Oh, oh, clank. Clank. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, that's Chad Greenway, courtesy of Grey Duck Vodka and Grey Duck Spirits. More on that coming up a little later. Buffalo Wild Wings Plymouth for the Friday football feast. It's PA in charge on your home for Minnesota Vikings football, FM 100.3K. The fan. Mmm, good stuff. Friday football feast, Chad Greenway's inclusion, courtesy of Grey Duck Vodka and a Grey Duck Spirits. Uh, that has taken off within the last several years. Bottles are beautiful. The uh, the spirit, from what I understand, is fantastic. The tie to Canterbury is something that we really enjoy every year, doing uh, doing the race calls with uh, the names and, uh, and then doing the video and everything, man. Just really, really enjoy your inclusion in a lot of things I do and um, a lot of things that uh, are prevalent and prominent within this market, including the Friday football feast. Are you going to be out and about today anywhere? I am not, but we do have a, a new merchandise store up for football season. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can go check that out at greatduckspirits.com. Um, so get out there and check out some new swag. Sweet. So uh, we're no, no stores today. I got you. Uh, and you'll learn more about Grey Duck coming up at the end of this segment. Now, it, um, it feels like the Vikings need to win 11 and be respected into the postseason yeah. for it to be, you know, it, what, what some would deem, I'm more thinking within the covenant, owners, stuff like that, win 11, get into the playoffs hot, 
beat somebody, preferably, maybe maybe beat a couple of teams. I just feel like that's needed this year. Do you see it that way? I, 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 where's the tipping point with the new schedule? You know, with 17 games, the tipping mm-hmm. point was always sort of 10. If yeah, you get 10, right. you're sort yeah. of in, but not yeah. guaranteed. It depends on how the conference is doing. Um, is that tipping point now 11? I think it is. I feel like it's 11. So I think, yeah. you know... It, in a, in a year like this year when we're all sort of uncertain, we know we have all these blue bloods, we have some really great players, we have a couple deficiencies here there we're not sure of, we're not going to know until you know week two, three, four, when we can start to really show themselves yeah. um, where we're going to be. Because this team could easily win 11 games if they can stay healthy. I think more than any year, you know, every year health depends upon the success of an NFL team, no doubt about it. Last year we got more than our fair share. No kidding. This year, can we live in a healthy world? And if we can do that, this is an 11-win team all day long. I yeah. really believe that because we have those type of players. Yeah. Uh, but then the little things like A.B., is Anthony Barr going to play if he's out? Like, he didn't you know, practice yesterday. If they yeah, don't practice on not. Thursday, what's that mean? That means they're out. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, it, I mean, it's more on the doubtful. More, right more on the lower than 50, right? So I think the idea would be is like little things like that. Well, Anthony's out for two weeks. Well, how does yeah. that affect us in our, in our blitzing scheme and our coverage mm-hmm. ability? So those types of things, you know, add up. Yeah. We're not even until week one yet. Yeah. You know, so Darisol, we're going to get him back. Is he going to be healthy? Like, what's, that, what's he going to look like? Obviously, Conklin coming off an injury. Like, all those things are really going to matter for this team specifically. I think we get to 11 wins, though, this year. This is a defense yeah. that is radically different from the one we saw in Week 17, as I yes. mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, of the 11 starters plus slot cornerback, that's 12, 12 starters from week, uh, weeks 11, uh, week 17 of last year. There will be 11 new starters this week, and yes. every one of them is better right. than the guys we were bringing out in week 17 last year. Many of them have not played. These new players have not played for Mike Zimmer or yep. have not played in this scheme. So Patrick Peterson's new, had, didn't play a down in the preseason. Yep. He's got to come in and integrate. We have two new uh, interior defensive linemen Huge, that yep. have got that should be better, but haven't, you know, this is their first time, right? Yep. Nick Vigil's going to be a starter. Yep. Uh, Anthony Barr may not go, so we may have to go to depth player there. Yep. There's still a lot of moving pieces on this defense, and it, that hasn't usually been the case for Mike Zimmer's defense. No. They've been very, very steady. How do you think that plays itself out in week one? All these new moving parts, even with a lot of talented people, it's still your first time in real action. I say it's all it's all on paper right now, right? So yeah. I think the idea of like what we saw from a run stopping standpoint yeah. with those two beefy guys in the middle up front, it's gonna be huge. Yeah. Uh, because now you're gonna get a chance to really force people into your situation that you're comfortable with as a coach. And he's that's what we want Zim. We want Zim to be creative. We want him to pressure. We want him to get we want him to put pressure on young Burrow, right? We want we want these things. Yeah. The reality is is this defense, in my opinion, goes Goes. Yes, you could talk pass rush and cover all day long. I think this defense truly goes with, can, do you have guys that can lock down on the outside and create flexibility with your safeties to come down in the box, to pressure? Can you give those those front four time to get to the quarterback and create? Mm-hmm. we got to be able to cover. And last year our biggest issue was, yes, we were anemic pass rush, but, man, we couldn't cover. Couldn't we cover either, young. right. Our, yeah. our, you know, we had, then injuries come. If we have guys now on the outside that can cover, can lock people down, Right, and take away that initial that initial pass look. Yep, man, we're gonna be we're gonna be good. I think to your point, on paper this t- defense looks really good. Nick Vigil has experience. He's not he's not as dynamic as an AB or, or Eric, but solid, strong player and a guy yeah. that can step in and play a role. No doubt about it. Yeah, that that part will be fascinating to me. And another thing I want to ask you about defensively, Stephen Weatherly just re-signed and yep. stay with the team at a lower deal. Yep. Um, Sheldon Richardson decided to come back here. Yep. I think Mike Zimmer. I think defensive players like playing for Zimmer. Absolutely, uh, you know, Patrick I know Peterson, they do. Patrick Peterson said, yeah. you know, he came here so he wanted to be on a Mike Zimmer defense. Yep. So just tell me a little bit about you know playing for a coach that gets it on defense and, yeah. and, and and you know being a defensive player that played for him. It feels like players 
want to play for Mike Zimmer. Well, I think you look at, look at the history of Zimmer defensive players. They go out and get paid. Whether, <laughs> yeah, whether, the right. team, whether the team paid them or they go out somewhere else and get yeah. paid because they're yeah. putting up numbers. Well, it's also he's creative. It's fun to play multiple coverages and try to try to mess with the quarterback, try to mess with the offensive coordinator, try to you know try to mess with the the line and yeah. the protections. Like, I truly enjoy going to work and learning something new almost every day when it came to a coverage, a split scheme, whatever it is. And I think that's something that's really interesting when you look at it from perspective of players. Like, I'm not sitting back in cover two playing cover two every snap. Right. That's that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's effective. It, it can work. Sometimes. But it's a different mentality yeah. of, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to play zone. I'm going to catch guys and tackle them. DBs want to get picks. DBs want to go cover guys. That's yeah. what they're known for. So yeah. I think it, I think people enjoy playing for him. He's obviously a great defensive mind. He's had really high-level defenses. And most importantly, gets guys paid. That's what they really want. Right. Uh, one other defensive question for you. For years, Mike Zimmer used his cornerbacks, when it, especially when it was Rhodes and Waynes, Rhodes would play either side of the field, whoever the bigger physical receiver was. Yep. Rhodes would shadow that guy. Waynes would traditionally take the faster, straight-line speed guy yep. and would take him, and they'd go either side of the field and yep. they'd shadow. But over the past couple of years at least, that hasn't been the case. And and we've seen Zimmer change his defense to ask his cornerbacks to play one side. Yeah. Now, I know you didn't play cornerback, but you were in the middle of this defense. Yep. What do you think about those two different approaches? And now, I have, you know, with Patrick Peterson here, in theory, Peterson could be a shadow cornerback yep. again. Yep. Or maybe Zimmer decides he's going to use him on one side. Well, it comes down to personnel. Do you have the guy that can be the dog? Yeah, right. I mean, do you have Xavier Rhodes at the top of his game who was covering everybody? Yes. I mean, Julio, he really he would neutralize was. Julio Jones. It didn't matter. So, yeah. I mean, you have the guy. If you don't have the guy, you don't Can't do you it. don't run him side to you, side. You were on the team to 2016, I believe was the year. I think it was a Sunday night football game, maybe Monday. It was definitely a night game. OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. Oh, yeah. In our <laughs> place. Height of his powers. Do you remember how pissed off Rhodes had him? And how Unreal. Apple, it, it wasn't That wasn't the origin of him battling the kicking net. But he had to be restrained, controlled. Yeah. He was out of his mind. Yeah, on our sideline throwing a temper tantrum because yeah. Xavier Rhodes was straight locking him down. I yeah. mean, <laughs> and that was the thing, that mentality. Right. And that's why you see Xavier as he leaves our team and goes somewhere else, the frustration with did he really tail off that much that quickly? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does he need to go to a different zone scheme because he can't cover man? Now Zave's a big corner. Like yeah. he, he had a window of time where he was sort of top of the heap and it was now it's gone, and yeah. now he's a different kind of player. I think that, um, but it was fun for that couple of years to have a guy that could say, "Hey, we're going to shut down your one with our one." Yeah, and now we're going to get creative with everybody else. Awesome. And I, I don't think that you know the reason you don't do it now is you don't have the one. Yeah. You don't have the guy. You don't have a shutdown. Corner. Now we have the guy, you know, but well, we have an aging guy, right? With Peterson, or he's very, very good. Has been unbelievable, probably HOF. But is he that guy now in this part of his career? We'll yeah. find out. We'll find out. And, uh, you know, I went back and looked to see how he was used by the Cardinals last year. Yep. And their, their secondary was so bad. They asked him to do everything. They ran, they put him in the slot sometimes. They played him both sides of the field. How old they, is he? 31. I mean, it's not that into old. his I mean, 11th yeah, but, year. But no. you think about how young he came in, how long he's yes. been doing it at a high level. It yeah. really is amazing physically that those guys can play at that level mm. that long mm -hmm. with that change of speed, change of direction, quickness. I mean, you're just, yeah. you're just I mean, 
He works hard, but that dude's born. I mean, that dude's a born stud. Born to I mean, do what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, it's not right? even fair. It's like a Steve Hutchinson. Yeah. That guy's playing guard. You knew that when he was four years old. Um, I This is Chad Greenway, uh, one of the great tacklers in the history of Minnesota Vikings football, uh, courtesy of Grey Duck Vodka and Grey Duck Spirits. He's a weekly piece, 9 to noon, generally 10 to about 10.30. Peace. He, uh, PA in charge, chilling out here on the fan on a Friday football feast, Buffalo Wild Wings, Plymouth. Uh, the name Nick Vigil came up, and it takes me back to earlier in the week when I taped an interview, which I do weekly with Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer. Uh, for a show called X's and O's. It airs on Wednesday evenings. We tape it on Tuesdays. And um, the name Nick Vigil came up. Here's the question and, um, and what the head coach had to say. He can hang in there and do it. You have a linebacker named Nick Vigil, and uh, he's a former member of the Cincinnati Bengals. What, uh, what do we get with Vigil now? And uh, maybe if he has to play extensively, what do you get with him? You know, um, I was just talking about him today with the coaches, and uh, he really reminds me a lot of Chad Greenway. Mm. He's very smart. His personality is, is the same. They're very quick thinkers. Um, you know, he's, I think he's a good player. Um, you know, he understands his role and understands everybody else's role. So, um, you know, we're glad we have him. So, Nordo, nice job on the fly, brother. <laughs> is that the nicest things that Zimmer well, ever said to you? Did he ever give you those level of compliments uh, when you were a player? He never would do it to. He really? never would do it to my face. Right. But he, but he would always be right. behind the. You know. He. Okay. I'd, I'd read a, a newspaper article where he'd give me a compliment about. I wish right. we had more guys like this guy. Well, I think it's. I think it's an absolute shot and affront to you in that. Vigil has played 69 games and averages five tackles a game. You played 156 and averaged 10.7 tackles a game. Well, I, I appreciate go ahead and make that comparison. I appreciate are we tripping out here. What are we doing? Well, you remember where, I, where Zimmer got me though was at the end of my career. So I think he's comparing Vigil to me year 10, 11. Oh yeah, really? Well, I've never that, seen that Vigil well. get loose yeah. and run over security guards with Gerald Hodges well, from the arm of, of uh, Philip Rivers this year because he hasn't been here yet. He's going to do it now. Right. Um, I, I think when you look at a guy like Vigil. You, have to, you do have to have guys that do understand their role. In my years, 10 and 11, I'm playing 25, 40 snaps a game, depends yeah. on the scheme. Yeah. Like, you have to understand who you are. And I think that's part of Zim's defense as well as you have guys that are the Eric Kendricks, the Anthony Bars, that you're, like, you're the guys. Yeah. Right? You have the Everson Griffins. You're going to be a creative guy. You might play 15 snaps, but you might get 15 pass rushes and get wow. two sacks. So, like, you've got to understand your role. And now, Vigil... The important part about him is he knows this Ooh. defense inside and out because he's played in it for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Zim knows how hard it is to play linebacker in this defense. So to have a guy who can come in and at the bare minimum understand mm. the blitz schemes, the timing, mm-hmm. the communication, yeah. Yeah. and work with Eric and maybe in those third down situations, is he Anthony Barr? Probably not. But you don't have to be. But if you know where to line up and you can make plays, yeah. you know, it's going to be a that's huge a thing lot to have him. Of, yeah, that's a lot of what he was getting into. Yeah. From what I, and like Ben Gideon, yep. nothing great as the third linebacker in a 4-3 base, knew the plays, strong, didn't make mistakes, was like a and, – and you were a higher-end player than that. I mean, because you were faster than all the guys that we're talking about now. Your pass coverage was generally, in my opinion, good out of the gate and then got much better as you yep. went on. Yep. Tackles for loss spoke for themselves six times. You led the team in tackles, Todd, for the most history of the team. Vigil's done none of that, but like Chris Herndon, the new tight end, Nick has never played for a team that's this good. Right. Okay, now he was with the Chargers, I think, last year, and he played. He was a part-time guy. Herndon 
I mean, coming from the Jets to this team oh. with these players, <laughs> I mean, honestly, what's going to be unlocked with that guy once he gets up to speed? Because he is talented yep. and he's enigmatic. Well, I think who's throwing you the football? Are they looking for you on third and five when you're open? Like, that's the other thing. Yeah. I, I always talk about the Jason Witten factor with Romo, right? Is Witten was ridiculous, right? Unbelievably talented. But Romo was looking for him on every third and four his, the entire year. Ow, like, okay, Witten's got an, an inch open. Ball's there, right spot. Yeah. He catches it every time. Yeah. A lot of it depends upon, can the quarterback get me the ball? Well, now you have a talented kid, never been in that situation. Who knows? Maybe he's going to be a complete stud. We haven't unlocked him yet. It happens. The Bengals brought in Jake Browning. Of course. Coincidentally. I mean, the most cliche move in the history right, of NFL exactly. team. I mean, like, really? You learn no, nothing. You, dude, so that's what I want you to tell people. What can Jake Browning actually deliver to the Bengals that could be meaningful on Sunday? Well, all that he can help with is obviously any sort of signals, any sort of, sort of substitution patterns, any sort of packages they may have put in early. And that's one thing. That's one reason why you don't get into a bunch of game planning the week before, the last week of training camp, because right. you know those guys, guys, guys get cut, right? And those guys are going to go somewhere else. Now you have a game plan that the Bengals could completely unveil, and now you got to throw that away, or. Are you such a next-level thinker that you do it purposefully to know they're going to sign him to then they can tell him bad information? <laughs> now, that's next-level thinking. That um, would be impressive. Absolutely. So I, I, I love it. I love it. No, no wonder Gray Duck rules yeah. the roof right. well, logic to, like that. You have to think about yeah. how are they, you know, I think the odds on the first head coach to be fired I, in Vegas is on Zach Taylor. And he's in the, he's so in the conversation. You have in my to, notes right here. You yes. have to do whatever you can possibly to <laughs> overcome that if you're Zach. Yeah. So um, he'll do whatever it takes. Um, I, I would like to believe Jake Browning can't help them a lot, but he does, you know, he did get reps with virtually all, you know, yeah. all of the offense. He yep. saw the defense. He can tell, he can at least tell a little bit about Adam Thielen, Justin yep. Jefferson, you know, the players that he played with, they're going to be on the field. Yep. He knows those guys. Yeah, and I think those tendencies, those tendencies, knows route. Hey, here's, right. the, here's the coverage they really struggle with. Yeah. If the guys are going to run this, you know, especially because defensively, I'm not sure how the Bengals are compared to what they were under Zim's former scheme. It's not good. Compl yeah, well, the other thing is, is it a similar scheme? Yeah. Because mm. if, you, if, you, if it is, and I, I, can't, I can't answer that question, but if it is, now you know, hey, in practice, they really struggle. This offense really struggles against this coverage. Yeah, yeah. We should run more of that on first and second down, or we yeah. should run more of that on third down, or, hey, they really struggle with the double-A gap. We should give them more of that. Oh, I yeah. think that's something to consider as well. Uh, now, uh, at, at, atop the show, when I, I just looked out at, at this nice, very nice crowd, very, thank you very much for coming out today, just very, very nice crowd early in the season into week number one, and I was rhapsodizing about 13 years of Paul and I doing this, 12 actually doing it with people because of the pandemic last year, having your inclusion in it, and how Paul has been the co-host of the Friday yeah. Football Feast all the way back since 2009 when we started it, except for one show that we did here with you, Ben Lieber. There we go. <laughs> yes. Yes. We go. Again? We yes. just did this well, last hour. But for some reason, I can't remember why Jeez. he wasn't here because it was the most packed, frenzied, energetic, I, I remember. loving Friday football feast we've ever had, but it's it's escaping my he mind. He quit on the Vikings. That's what, After four games. When the Vikings didn't That's quit on us. When Thank the Vikings you. didn't quit on us and we're going to the NFC title game, yeah. here we go. B-dubs, Plymouth was yeah. rocking. Yeah. When I say rocking, like uh, I can never explain it to you, Friday, right. because you weren't, you weren't here. here, right? So but if you were, know. if you had been here, you'd yeah, been yeah. like, "Wow, what a crowd!" Uh, really? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, for the record, I did not give up on the team. Yeah, you did. IBS. Tur 
Turks and Caicos, really, is that yeah, where it was? Turks, oh, yeah. Antigua, Turks and Caicos. Yeah. You can stop in yeah. Jamaica. That real nice re- tour. Reload for the second half of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's embarrassing. You know, we got, uh, went to a weird spot in Jamaica on some weird <laughs> island, got held up. They had to hold the ship for three hours. So, it's, see, that the torment followed him because he quit on his favorite team. Yep. We lose Bradford week one, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Dalvin goes down yep. in a game we lose to the Lions at home. Gross. Right. Things yeah. seemed a little sour right there. And we're 2-2, two and two, so he jumps immediately online and Kayak.com, <laughs> and, uh, and away we go. It's a 10-person cruise over the Miracle and the NFC title game. Oh, embarrassing. Um, it's uh, an absolute honor to have you back here, bud. Love you yes. on the radio show. Thank you very much for the Grey Duck inclusion, uh, not only now but all throughout uh, the last couple of years with KFAN. And um, as we head to break with Grey Duck Vodka and uh, Grey Duck Spirits, what do you have to share? Yeah, for every home gopher game, changing oh, gears, okay. we are across the street at B-Dubs um, next to the stadium for a tailgate party. So you get down to the gophers, even if you go down just to, to watch the game, tailgate, go to B-Dubs, get a good drink, uh, drink specials going on over there. Also, Grey Duck on Twitter. Uh, watch for we're launching today ahead of Sunday's game. Your chance to win a Grey Duck swag and a signed jersey. Hey. You, they still do make my jersey. <laughs> um, you just got to buy it. It's really creative how you have to go buy it. Yeah. Um, but we have them. So if you want one, which I'm sure everybody does uh, that doesn't have one yet in the state of Minnesota, um, go follow our Twitter and you can grab one. Are you off to Ames this weekend? I, I couldn't do it. Oh. No, too many soccer games going on in the Greenway household. I so got you. That's a, that, that may be, and, and they're talking about the end of that series being played, like yeah. historically, because of the changing oh, really? the conferences wow. and okay. the whole thing going on. So number nine versus number 10 in the country wow. in Ames. Nothing better than winning in Ames, baby. <laughs> Let's go, Hawks. God, and you're, oh, man, your devotion to your family yes. is awfully impressive because I know you want oh. to be there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I, only, I don't go to Ames very often, uh, purposely. Well, who does? And I won't, you know, I'll watch it on TV. I appreciate you. Hey, Chad Greenway, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. He thinks his name is Chad, but it's not. It's my main man. He's with us weekly, Buffalo Wild Wings, Egan, next week. Uh, we're into the second half of the Friday football feast. It's PA in charge. Jared Wells by our side, guiding us uh, technically. Uh, Eric Nordquist, mad producer, is back at uh, the 651 Carpet Studio. He's the conduit to the sound, and we're all here together at FM 100.3.